0: Hey, I know it's been a long time, but I think you just need to (coughs) let it go. (coughs) Oh, man. Sorry. Sorry about that, and sorry it's been such a long wait. I've had some certain audio recording issues, but now I'm back, so I'm going to have to talk a little bit quieter than normal, so I apologize for that. But hi, my name is Logan, a.k.a. Hartwright, and today I'm going to be talking about Disney's Frozen. So, uh, we're going to have a fun time with that. Actually, I was planning on uh, doing this podcast, doing this episode, uh, long before the trailer for Frozen 2 came out. So, in retrospect, I'm actually pretty glad that I waited. Um, So, yeah, so I guess this is kind of timely, being winter and also being a little bit after Frozen 2 trailer came out. So, um, let me first say that uh, Frozen was, I have the information here, because I had to look up the information. It is directed by Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck. And Jennifer Lee, I understand, also wrote uh, a lot of the script and a lot of the songs, I guess. Um, it stars uh, Adina Menzel, um, uh, Kristen Bell. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm coming up with this off the top of my head in my notes. Uh, because I didn't know I would be recording today. But I am. So, here I am. Um, so, yeah, those are the important parts, I guess. Um, and in, in short, I enjoyed it, uh, when I saw it and I still enjoy it. I think my family owns it and, uh, you know, I, I still have a lot of the soundtrack on, you know, my Spotify list or my iTunes list. And, uh, it was, it was a solid story and it definitely challenged a lot of the tropes of Disney princess movies, which is nice, which is really good. Um, so I kind of want to tell the story of how I went to go see Frozen for the first time uh, when it was in theaters. So that would have been uh, last part of the year of 2013. Uh, So it was my freshman year of college and uh, it was Christmas break. And I had actually gotten my wisdom teeth out like a day or two before going to see this movie. And uh, my girlfriend and I, my girlfriend at the time took me to, like, a little, uh, like, grocery store restaurant kind of thing, uh, to meet up with her high school friends, uh, all of them women, all of them people I had not met before, um, so it was kind of awkward, and, uh, and also, you know, because of the fact that I had gotten my wisdom teeth out, so I could barely talk, and I was still kind of numb, and I was in this social situation with people I didn't know. So it was like, okay, hello, hi. Uh, I don't want to be here, and I think you can understand why. So <laughs> it was kind of awkward. But then after that, we went to see the Frozen movie. And I remember uh, we went to kind of a, a fancier uh, movie theater. It's kind of more, the, one of the more the fancier movie theaters in this area rather than kind of just a, a normal one. Uh, kind of, it, I don't know if it's Regal. I don't remember. I don't remember who owns it exactly, but that's not important. So, I remember going to see the uh the cashier snack place. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I didn't know I would be recording today. Uh, I I went to try to see if I could get a hot pretzel because I thought that would be good on my mouth because I didn't want to get popcorn because I feel like that wouldn't be very good for my my uh what it seemed like toothless mouth, um, and they didn't have any hot pretzels, so I ordered a bottle of water for four seventy five, <laughs> and I remember that was the point where I was like, movie theater food is expensive, and, uh, that was when I discovered that, so we went and see, saw Frozen, um, and it was fun, and I actually really enjoyed it, uh, I enjoyed the whole aesthetic of it being, like, blue overtones, since I really like the color blue in media, in fact, that's why a lot of my YouTube videos are kind of overly blue uh, when I color correct them. It's it's not necessarily like a, a choice thing. It's just something that I, I tend to like, and that's how they end up. Um, so I, I really like that aspect of it. I really liked the music. Um, I, I unironically liked Let It Go when I first heard it. And it was also the credits song, and so it was the song that like Disney was like, you know, this is the song we want to make big, and they succeeded. So I, I did unironically like it before it got super popular and was played in airports and, and, and you know, Japanese shopping malls and everything. So, um, yeah, and I still like it as a song. It's just, you know, overplayed, obviously. But uh, so uh, other things I liked, I liked the, you know, interaction of the, the two sisters. I feel like you don't really get much... Uh, sister and sister uh interaction in disney movies especially princess movies because i think most of the princesses have been only children i believe if i'm not mistaken yeah i think that's right but they don't usually have much interaction other than you know with the the prince so to speak or their like bumbling father or whatever so that was nice to see it was nice to see like there being two princess characters. That was that was really innovative, and it really worked, actually. Um, and I didn't see the twist at the end, and I'm going to get into that when I get into spoilers, if it's even considered a spoiler at this point. Um, I, you know, I kind of liked Olaf from the beginning, but thinking more about it, I don't really see the point of him, uh, other than just to add comedic factor, but I'll get into that in a little bit. So... Uh, And also, I don't really like the character Kristoff, to be honest. Uh, I thought he was kind of unnecessary, and and he seemed unnecessary, just because, like, he didn't really add much personality-wise to the main plot, other than the fact that, like, oh, uh, the trolls want him to be with Anna, oh, ha-ha. And they might be challenging tropes there, because, like, his basic personality trait was, like, oh, he's single. So that might be something that Disney was doing on purpose. I don't know, I'm not sure. But anyway, I did like the movie. I liked the music, I liked the characters. Um, I liked the setting of Arendelle. Uh, And yeah. Uh, Oh, also one thing I wanted to say that at the beginning, I thought that Anna would have fire-related powers Um, to combat Elsa's ice powers. I'm retrospectively glad that she didn't because I feel like that could cause a whole lot more destruction uh, than ice and would have been a bigger plot hole, I feel like, if they had actually done that. So I like the fact that Anna is just normal. Um, So, okay. So in the next one, I will go into Elsa as a character in the next segment. Okay, so now I want to talk about Elsa as a character played by Idina Menzel. Uh... But first of all, I I do want to say, I forgot to say this in the last segment, that I really like the foreshadowing in Frozen. I feel like that's something I I generally overlook, but thinking more on it, like, it stood out more to me in that movie than other Disney movies, if they have tried that in other Disney movies. Um, So especially with, like, you know, the obvious one is the the opening song, which, uh, you know, talks about, like, melting a frozen heart. Uh, which is really cool, and also you know the uh, the ice men, the ice men picking away at the ice, and uh, I think you saw like baby Kristoff and baby Sven and that, and so that's why it's kind of too bad you don't really get too much into Kristoff's character later on because you did get a lot of foreshadowing of it. Um, he's like the first main character you see, uh, so that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, okay, but uh, Elsa to talk about her. I really liked her character, I really related to her a lot. Um, I feel like, you know, coming from an awkward high school teenager, I definitely saw myself uh, in her personality being like a recluse who who kind of didn't really know who she was and was kind of not proud of who she was. uh, And also, like, not wanting to spend time with people for fear that she would hurt them. I, I feel like that's uh, something I felt and probably something a lot of people feel. Um, and, and a lot of people, and, and I don't want to get political here, but uh, I will voice my opinion on this matter here. A lot of people are saying that that is a direct analogy of homosexuality and that to confirm that Elsa will probably be a lesbian in the second movie. Uh, that could be, but I think that the analogy of her just kind of not wanting to hurt people and not, and especially with Let It Go and, like, coming to be who she really is, is a much more universal, uh, trait than we give it credit to, to, like, homosexuality. Not saying that that's not, uh applicable, but, like, it's applicable to a whole lot of other things, too, like, I'm thinking, like, I was thinking, like, my, uh, like, you know, I, I felt like I didn't, I couldn't relate to people because I didn't play video games, because I watched anime instead, and I played Nintendo instead, and I, you know, liked fairly feminine things, and liked cocktails over, uh, craft beer, and, you know, that kind of thing and i'm sure other people are are like that too like if they have interests in things that that aren't with that don't jive with the the people around them or they they just have a personality trait that doesn't really uh match what other people are are feeling around them and you know if that's a universal trait like everybody has something like that whether you think so or not uh everyone everyone has a part of their personality that they don't think uh is you know approachable or relatable or uh appropriate in like a professional setting or even a personal setting like everyone has that like whether it be like self-doubt or um you know or a, a body image thing or or uh you know, like a, a personality trait, like maybe you're darker than than most of people around you, or maybe you're more optimistic than people around you, as in, as in my case. Uh, but uh, I, I I do really like kind of the universality of that, and I think I think that's something that Disney has tried to hint at for a while now, but didn't really get until Elsa. I, I, you know, because you know, it's it's a fairly universal thing to put in in movies to be like, oh, like people don't understand me, and maybe I'm saying that from an anime perspective because that's a very common trope in anime. But uh, also, like Disney has tried it out before too. Like, I feel like, uh, with Mater from from Cars, they did that, um, and even further back, like I think with Belle, they could they kind of tried to do that too, with with the Disney princesses and Aladdin. Uh, I just kind of like misunderstood people who, who didn't really uh like themselves necessarily, but learning to like themselves toward the end. Uh so yeah, I feel that's something that, that Disney has tried to do for a while. Oh, and the Incredibles did that too. That was a that was a big theme in the Incredibles. Uh uh so something that Disney has tried to do for a while but didn't really get very well until this movie. I feel like that's it's like the major theme of the movie, so besides, you know, love, so I guess that's appropriate for, like, Valentine's Day month, Valentine's Day, um, uh, yeah, so I, I, and I, I do like the extent of her powers, too, although we don't really know, like, what she's capable of exactly, um, that's why I kind of think of, like, people with ice powers from, from fiction, like Iceman from X-Men, or a couple from anime like Grey from Fairy Tale, or Todoroki from My Hero Academia. Uh also Frozone, obviously, from The Incredibles. Um it's I, I think in my mind I want to say like who would win in a fight between all those? But it's harder to say for, for Elsa because we don't exactly know what she's capable of. Where, you know, she didn't really She hasn't had training with her powers, obviously. But she's also capable of making a heavily detailed medieval castle in the mountains, like, in seconds, so obviously there's something there, uh, so, yeah, that's a Beauty and the Beast reference I made just there, um, so, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to Frozen 2, because it looks like she's kind of training her powers, if you haven't seen the trailer already, uh, so... Yeah, I just really like her character and Adina Menzel does a great job. I think she's mainly like a singer, so I, I feel like her kind of uh acting, if she if she hasn't done much acting, she did a really, really good job in this. Um and yeah, being a relatable character and also just the ice power is something that uh is unique and it's it's not you don't see that much where it's a magic that's used for good. I guess like I was I was considering that a while back um like how much magic is viewed as a a negative thing in Disney movies. And I think that's kind of the climate that that spawned Harry Potter uh and and that kind of thing. And so it's it's nice to see you know Frozen kind of tackling that how magic can be used for bad, but can also be used for good, so that's that's nice. That's nice to see Elsa being kind of that guinea pig there. Uh, I, don't, I hate to use that word, but, like, it is. It's kind of like Disney was putting a lot of uh, risk on that character, and it paid off, I think. I think it really paid off, obviously because they're making a Frozen 2. Like, th- and she made that movie, like, she was the most popular character of that movie, probably thanks to Let It Go, but also because, you know, she had a relatable personality trait in in that she was, like, "Hold up, and couldn't, you know, be herself, and, you know, don't let them in, don't let them see, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the entire lyrics to Let It Go, you could, you could just analyze for years, and be like, yeah, it's, this is, like, I feel this, this is heavily personal to me, even if... You know, blah blah blah. My my overall te- context is completely different. So anyway, I really like the character Frozen. She's probably my favorite Disney princess, even though she was queen at the end. Yes, I know that counts. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see more uh, of her and and how she like uh, balances her powers. And I'm gonna get into that in a in a next segment. So next, time, I'm gonna be talking about the comedy in the movie. So. Hold on. So now I'm going to be talking about the comedy aspects of of Frozen, and you know Disney has always done a really good job, especially in their animated movies, of bringing comedy, but also like the the right level of emotions. And I feel like it got only better once Pixar joined their team, because Pixar did that really, really well. And so Disney was like, okay, we need to step up our game. So. But Frozen is interesting, because I've had a lot of thoughts about this, and, um, so... (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, So, like, the main comedy came from, uh, what? Anna's clumsiness, for one. Um, And and kind of her, like, uh, I don't know how to do world things, ha ha ha, look at me, falling in a boat. Uh, And also, like... Kristoff's um singleness and also just kind of general I don't care-ishness of it and Olaf and Olaf his entire character was literally uh a what's it called comic effect I I comic relief that's the word that's the word um so those are like the main comedic things oh and also the duke of washington there's Weaseltown Town, what's West Wesselton. So uh, I really liked that character. I want to see him come back in the next one. <laughs> I think that was really funny. Um, So, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I feel like the comedy could have been better in this movie. I know it's not, you know, even if you look at the genres or something of it, comedy wouldn't be even in the top three or so. I, I, I don't necessarily put it there. But it's—I feel like it was kind of forced in some places, and I feel like it could have done better. So let me talk about um, first of all, Anna's clumsiness being kind of like a uh, Zoe Deschanel character. I didn't really like, and I think a lot of people also didn't like it because, uh, you know, Elsa was the ma- that was the favorite character of that movie. And she didn't really have any comedic parts. She she was just dealing with her own stuff on the side. Um, but uh, it's, you know... And Anna didn't really have much personality traits other than her clumsiness and her wanting to go save her sister. And And maybe I haven't seen the movie for a while, so maybe I'm wrong in that. And maybe there is more depth that I didn't pick up on. But it just seemed to me like there needed to be more there and and uh, I guess that's not really into comedy or anything but it's just like the clumsiness and like the oh look at me I don't know how to interact with things is kind of an overdone comedy trope especially in Disney uh, so I don't know I feel like we needed more there I feel like there, there definitely would be that but it should have been done better you know like uh, for the first time in forever was a good song but I feel like it needed more like if there was a verse of like, oh, I need to use the pan to uh, slide around on the stairs because that's what people do out there, right? I feel like there there is a good opportunity for that and they they missed out on that of, of her going around trying to do stuff like that. Um, which could have been done in a way that was funny rather than just clumsy or something. Uh, okay, so and then Kristoff, which I've talked about this before that I don't really care for his character too much just because he was kind of it felt like he was shoehorned in as a romantic interest and uh yeah you saw him at the beginning of the movie but like you you don't really or at least I didn't really develop any like a like attachment to him at all just because and maybe it's the thing that they were doing the bait and switch with Hans you know being spoilers the bad guy at the end so you kinda of needed another romantic interest, but you don't. You don't need another rom- you don't need a romantic interest in a Disney Princess movie Disney. Uh so they didn't really get that, but I think that's why Kristoff was put in. I think he definitely could have been, like, funnier in not wanting to be part of the adventure. Uh I I did like his interaction with Sven. I thought that was funny. I thought that was like oh, this this lonely guy who does a lot of work alone would definitely develop, like, this kind of uh, overly friendly relationship with his reindeer where he sings to his reindeer and does his voice. And I wish they had capitalized more on that and uh, kind of made Kristoff a more relatable character. And I wish... And, and it's not like he wasn't necessarily relatable. It's just that we didn't see enough of him to be relatable, you know? Like... Anna was the main character of the movie. And we saw a lot of her clumsiness and, you know, wanting to save her sister and wanting what's best for the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we didn't really, you know, see much of Kristoff. I wish he would have been in it more. I guess that's that's what I'm saying a little bit. And also, I don't really like that the fact that they kind of capitalized on his singleness, especially in the part with the trolls who tried to set him and Anna up it's like one of those things that's like oh this disney movie is challenging a lot of tropes and then it's like oh they're still pushing the we have to have a romantic interest in this which you know i do appreciate that they kind of switch the genders in that but the fact that they still have it in there is kind of disappointing a little bit and it it it's kind of like using comedy from like one of you know a long time past Sorry, there's a dog barking in the background, so I hope you can't hear that. Um, And the third one, Olaf. The character that my sister says ruined the movie. And I know a lot of other people felt the same way. Kind of the minion equivalent in this film. Uh, Olaf, I feel like, had potential, like Kristoff, in the same way that we didn't really see much of his character, and it seemed like he was kind of shoehorned in. Uh, I did like the fact that we saw like like at the at the very beginning, like the flashback scene where Anna gets hurt, um, we see Elsa make Olaf in the background, or an Olaf shaped snowman in the background. And and that's kind of where he came from. Uh so we saw that foreshadowing, and that's that's another one of those good foreshadowing things. But then when he actually and and then when he actually gets made and and comes to life and and he's like you know, says the line, he's like, my name's Olaf, and I like warm hugs, uh, and Elsa is like, what did I make, did I make this guy, and she kind of looks down at her hands, and, and that was such a powerful moment that I feel like, is like, oh, she's learning, she's making life, oh, it's so cool, okay, let's move on, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, I feel like, uh, in, in some ways, I feel like this movie should have been you know, half an hour longer just to focus on the characters and kind of that moment of of learning what her powers are because I feel like that's the only moment that Elsa has that she kind of realizes what her own powers are. That she kind of has has a relationship with her own ice powers in a good way. And I and that was like a moment that lasted like maybe half a second, maybe a second and yeah uh, it's unfortunate, but anyway, Olaf, getting to the point of this section, Olaf, he was he was comic relief, that was his only character, uh, his only character trait, except for at the end when he kind of, kind of sacrifices himself for Anna, which definitely seemed, again, like a shoehorn in thing, uh, I, I would have liked to see more, you know, because I feel like the best comedy comes from well-written characters not from characters who are specifically in there to provide comic relief. You can have characters acting like themselves and be funny. And you can have characters interacting with each other like themselves and be funny. But I feel like this movie didn't really have that. It it, it felt like they wanted to be like, okay, we're going to have to insert a joke here, so we're going to have Kristoff acting all uh, standoffish and be like, oh, I don't like people. Ha ha ha, audience laughs. You know, uh, so so slowly, like, like oh, we're gonna have Olaf fall apart right here, and and everybody's gonna laugh in the audience. So that that's kind of what it felt like to me in this movie, and and not to take away from the movie because comedy obviously wasn't its main, you know, strong suit. It, it wasn't its main focus, right? But uh, speaking as a comedy guy, I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities there, and uh, I hope that in Frozen Two. We see uh, the characters more developed and the comedy come more from their interaction than from, like, obviously someone was behind the scenes writing their jokes, you know, because that's what it seemed to me. Not to take away from the writers or anything, but that's just the way it seemed. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my, those are my opinions on, on the comedy of of Frozen. Which wasn't to say it was bad, because I thought a lot of it was funny. And it's just, you know, stand-up funny, it's not sitcom funny, or whatever. I don't know how to explain it exactly. Duke of Wesselton, bring him in for every joke. That's the ultimate solution. Duke of Wesselton Okay, so I do wanna talk about the plot twist here, but first I wanna I wanna like kinda of clarify something from the last section about the comedy. Like one of my favorite parts of the movie was, you know, when when uh, Olaf was kind of fantasizing about summer and he had his whole in summer song uh, and Kristoff uh, and Anna were like, should we should we tell him? And Anna's like, no, absolutely not. So that w- that was a funny interaction that I saw. And I feel like Kristoff and Anna do have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, potential for funny interactions like that. And I want to see more of that in Frozen, too. So, moving on to the plot twist, spoiler alert, Hans is evil, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, I have to honestly say that I did not see the plot twist coming. Um, I feel like that's the only plot twist, really, besides, uh, you know, Elsa's powers being able to, like, melt from uh, love. live. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but I, I'll talk about the Hans plot twist here. I, I actually kind of liked Hans as a character. Uh, because you don't really see that much in, in, uh, Disney movies. You kind of saw it in Beauty and the Beast, but, like, Gaston wasn't a evil character at the beginning, but then he kind of becomes one. He kind of, he, he becomes the main villain. Uh, but he, again, like, at the beginning, he's kind of like this, oh, annoying go- guy who's trying to steal the princess. That's not, that's, uh, I apologize for that Gaston voice. But I, uh, you know what? No regrets. So uh, anyway, so uh, Disney has never really done anything like that before that I can remember where they have a straight up betrayal. And I really need to watch the movie again, specifically looking for like if I could have seen it coming, if there was any foreshadowing in like Hans's character, because I think he was the only member of his family there. If they if they said that, like they said, like during the whole like kind of him courting Anna, whole sequence, he he said that he was like one of like seven brothers or something, and each of them was having part of the kingdom, and 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 his only chance for getting a kingdom was to marry a queen of another kingdom, and so that's why he came to Arendelle. Uh, it would be a really. It would be really funny if in Frozen 2, uh, his family comes over. (laughs) Yeah, I really want to see that. And they, like, shame him. (laughs) But they, like, kind of make him feel bad, but also, like, kind of rehabilitate him a little bit. That would be funny. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, Hans as the main villain, uh, I'm not sure how to feel about it. Because I feel like there was, um, you know, uh some good traits about him that he, that he kind of wanted, like, you, you definitely get the sense that there's more there than on the surface, that, yeah, he he wanted power, but that's just because, like, his family was kind of rubbing it in his face that he wouldn't get power. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's why it would be really interesting to meet his family. I feel like that should be a good, that, that would be a good thing to put into Frozen 2. Uh, yeah, so, so he goes through this whole thing of Like, quote-unquote, falling in love with Anna because he couldn't really get to Elsa uh, in order to rule the kingdom. And he does, in fact, for, like, an hour or so, as long as Anna's gone. Like, I I don't know who ruled uh, Arendelle in the parents' absence until Elsa could, some regent. That's something that probably should have been addressed in the movie, come to think of it. Who ruled Arendelle? That's a uh, that's a good question. Some some regent probably, but I mean, uh, anyway. So so Hans kind of did get his dream there, uh, and did show concern for characters as long as he could, you know, get to the end and and randomly let Anna die like right at that moment, which I don't really get. Uh, it, uh, it's like uh, it seemed. That also seemed kind of shoehorned in. The moment where they were in the room with the fireplace and and Anna had been shot by Elsa uh, and she was slowly freezing to death and uh, Hans was like, Well, I'm going to let you die and then I'm going to tell people that uh, we were married and you relinquished control of the kingdom to me. I feel like I, I wanted to see more of a plan in place. That's 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 my problem with it, okay. It seemed like he was like, I want the kingdom, I'm, I'm going to get it. And just things kind of fell into his lap that way. But I wanted there to be more of a plan. I wanted there to be like, okay, he knows about the ice powers, he knows uh, that she's going to run off and Ana's going to go chasing after her and so he's going to take advantage of that and kill them both in the snowdrift uh, and take over shortly after he gets married to Anna uh, I, I you know obviously I didn't want that to happen but I wanted there to be some more of some more thought to him doing that because he kind of seemed up until that last moment in in the, the room with the fireplace he seemed like he was going along with the flow and even when he reveals his like evil intentions and evil plan or whatever it still seemed like that it still seemed like he didn't really know what was going to happen, but this gave him an opportunity to capitalize on what he wanted. But I wanted to see more nefariousness. I wanted to see more vile trickery. I wanted to see, like, a. I I mean, maybe Disney has overdone the, the smart and sneaky villain. Or maybe they haven't. I don't know. I, I just wanted to see kind of Hans be more smart about it rather than just kind of going to Arendelle and hoping for the best, is what it seemed to me. I don't know. Also, I wanted to see more of his character. I know I've said that a lot in this episode, but I I wanted to see more of, like, why he would feel inferior to his brothers and, like, other character traits that he might have, like a tick or something, or, like, he's clumsy also or something like that. I don't remember if he was or not. I don't think he was. Uh, I don't know. He's, from the beginning, he kind of seemed like a Flynn Rider character, which I realized he was kind of supposed to, because he was meant to betray everybody at the end. But yeah, I would have liked to see a little more, more, uh, character, character uniqueness, I guess. So those are my thoughts on that. Um, so I've been talking about it a little bit, uh, beforehand, but I'm going to be talking about Frozen 2. Ha ha. Okay, so I've been making references to Frozen 2 for a while now in the episode, but this time I'm actually going to talk about it in a full-on section. So, the Frozen 2 trailer came out, and it didn't really show us much, and I like it. I like the fact that uh, Elsa was, you know, climbing waves. I thought that was a really cool sequence. It was a really cool, really cool character moment, uh, and I want to see more of that. I want to see Elsa get have more of a relationship with her powers, and... Uh, also, I want a few other things, like I've mentioned before, like, I want Hans's family to come in and be like, hey, this big jerk Hans tried to take you over? Well, ha, huh, punch him in the stomach, you know, and and do, like, brotherly things. I think that would be really funny, actually, to make, like, the main villain be, like, uh, reduced to that, that kind of person, that kind of uh, humiliation, I guess, that brotherly humiliation, um... Uh also yeah I want to see more a little more character development for them um uh so like Hans Kristoff uh Anna especially um because I I want to see it, it, it it's interesting because I I saw the Lego Frozen short and I don't remember what it was called but it it was frozen themed and it, it was all in Legos and they go on this, like, little, I think, Christmas-related adventure. And uh, I think it was all the same voices, too. But Anna's main trait was that, oh, she had a plan in place. And, oh, if we're going to go up this mountain, we uh, let's pull out a map and let's uh, make a plan on how to do it. And that, that was her, like, main character trait in that. Which was completely different from what we saw in the first movie. Which I liked. I liked the fact that she had something other than, like, clumsiness or wanting what's best for the kingdom, you know, kind of overdone Disney tropes. I I want her to have that. I I want her to be a smart Disney princess for that matter. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. Like, you know, like you, you had kind of Belle and, and Tangled, not Tangled, her name wasn't Tangled, Rapunzel. You had Belle and Rapunzel be like these uh, kind of standoffish women who were, who, who were kind of cooped up in, in places with a lot of books. And you didn't really see that kind of intelligence sneak through. I would love to see, because Anna is kind of in the same place where she's not really allowed outside of the castle too much. And I would love to see the fact that, like, oh, her reading a lot and, like, doing a lot of stuff in the castle and stuff has led to her being, like, really, really smart or a really, really good, you know, tactician or something. That would be cool to see her become, like... A a Mulan style like war advisor or something in Arendelle, that would be cool. I I would love to see her like be smarter in this movie or something. I I don't know a little more character trait from her, especially especially her. Uh, so a couple other things that I have actually written down here that I want. I want all the characters to have some sort of redemption, uh, some sort of. Like, character development, continuation. Um, uh, and I think there are going to be a couple new characters, a couple new minor characters that they're going to introduce, like that we've seen in the trailer. So that'll be interesting to see how they relate. And we might learn a little bit more about how, uh, uh like, Elsa's and Anna's parents died or whatever. I honestly hope they don't go into that much because that's... I don't, they don't really need to, uh, and, um, so, yeah, and also, you know, don't quash the dreams of people who want there to be a Tarzan and Ariel, or Tarzan and Little Mermaid crossover, um, so another thing I want, like, I want them to continue with the trope of, like, I don't want Elsa to be in a romantic relationship, I know that sounds kind of weird and selfish, but, like, Even in, like, a homosexual one, like, I feel like it's a step in the right direction to not have her be in one. To be a single queen. I feel like that would be, like, kind of a step back if they were to get a a romantic interest for her. And especially if they were to provide one in this movie, that character would have to overcome a lot of uh, hurdles to be more than the romantic interest character. Like more than Kristoff did. Or and Kristoff hasn't yet, I feel like, in my mind. Anyway. Um so uh that's one thing. And also another thing, because I, I, I realized this in like thinking about the movie more and also watching uh the new season of Fairy Tale, which I mentioned before. Um so there's this there's this thing in the final season of fairy tale that I'm watching, uh, where, like, the main bad guy, and I feel like this isn't much of a spoiler, the main bad guy is cursed with the, uh, like, it's called the Anselm's Curse, or something like that, Uh, with the, the that involves the Law of Contradiction, or the Curse of Contradiction. Contradiction is involved somewhere in there, <laughs> and um. basically what happens is that the more he cares for life around him, the more life around him dies. Uh, that's that's the curse he was, like, cursed with uh, for trying to deal with, like, life-saving magic or something like that. Um, so, uh, and, and he has to deal with that, and that's why he becomes the main bad guy, because he learns not to care for life. Uh, so, and, and that concept kind of stuck with me, like, that kind of reminds me of how... Frozen should work, and I'll get to that. But a better analogy would be if you saw Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, And again, this is kind of spoilers for the last season of that, too. Uh, But when Zuko turns good and he starts working with the main characters, uh, he has a hard time uh, using his firebending. He has a hard time firebending because his like his reason for firebending is no longer like anger and revenge and his his he's mad at everybody like because he no longer has that he can no longer firebend and that's like the main way that firebenders are taught to firebend so he like the kind of law of contradiction again where uh the more he cares for things around him the more he can't firebend uh unless until he learns like the main way of the, the ancient way of firebending, but that's, that's in one episode, that was a cool episode, you should watch that. So that makes me think of Frozen, where it was, it was revealed in Frozen where, like, it, the, the, the ice powers that Elsa had were, beca- were stemmed from, like, her anxiety and her fear, and the more love she felt for the people around her, especially her sister, uh, the more it would melt. So that makes me wonder, sorry, there's an airplane in the background, so that makes me wonder how she could possibly use her powers if she is, you know, a, a new person and, and loving herself and uh, loving the kingdom and whatever. Uh, that that makes me wonder, like, how how that could be. Because, like, you know, if love melts it, then what would melt it if... She already felt love or whatever. So that's one thing I want to be addressed in Frozen 2. Like, because clearly her ice powers come from her emotion or are, are are very much influenced by her emotions. So that's why I want to see her deal with that. I want to see her, um, you know, having to deal with, like, what emotions am I feeling? Am I still feeling fear or anxiety from uh being cooped up in the castle all these years and that's the that's the source of my power um so yeah or maybe it's like a I I want this snow to melt so therefore it'll melt I don't know I want to I want a lot more like mechanics of the, of her powers especially if it comes from emotions because that'll lead to a lot of character development so that's that's what I want to see and I know that I know what you're saying like uh oh at the beginning or whatever she was like a happy little kid and the, and she was able to use her ice powers yeah that's true but uh i i want you know it, it seems kind of contradictory when you consider like when she felt love that's when the ice would melt i i want that to be explored more i want i i want there to be some sort of conflict in her powers which you know uh kind of brings up another thing where i i want you know there probably will be another main bad guy in in another villain in frozen 2 i don't want there to be (laughs) if that makes any sense uh i know elsa kind of fulfilled the role of villain a little bit in frozen 1 but um with that emotional thing uh you know what? I scratch that. I want there to be a villain in in Frozen Two, or some sort of force to overcome, uh, uh, external force. But also, I want Elsa to deal with her powers because a lot of the time, like her, like uh, her non self control, her lack of control, was like her main obstacle in the entirety of Frozen One. Even when Hans comes to like abduct her, it didn't seem like that was much of a deterrent compared to her own internal struggle so i want there to be more of that internal struggle and like how to use her ice powers and like she has to come to terms with like oh is are my ice powers that i've been using to make the kingdom a better place and and play with the the kids of the kingdom has that actually been coming from like my fear and and depression and and distrust of people or something like that i i want there to be that i really really want there to be that So maybe there'll be more like it because in frozen Two the, the trailer, it seemed like one, it's going to take place in autumn, which is really cool. And that sounds really fun. And, uh, it seemed like there would be a lot more like kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I hate to use the word spiritual, but it seemed like there were, there were more like supernatural elements in it. And maybe that was just me, but I, I would love to see like the origins of her powers or or maybe not necessarily that but like more understanding of what her powers are like beyond what the trolls told her beyond what the trolls told them uh i would i would love to see more of that so yeah those are my those those are things that i want in frozen 2 i want to i want to see more also olaf i want i obviously he's going to be in it but i want him to have more of a personality i want him to have more character traits blah 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 Anyway, that's what I want in Frozen 2. Okay, so those are my thoughts on Frozen, on Disney's Frozen, uh, directed by Jennifer Lee, Chris Buck, and mostly written by Jennifer Lee, and she wrote a lot of the songs as well, starring Idina Menzel, uh, Kristen Bell, and various others. (laughs) Uh, Josh Gad, he was in it too. Um, So thanks so much for listening. Uh, If you have any thoughts about what to... uh, You know, if you agree with any of the things I said or if you disagree with any of the things I said or if you thought I should go into more of something I didn't go into or whatever, you know, just voice crack me. Ah! Just uh, go ahead and contact me. Go ahead and leave a comment on uh, Anchor. You can also leave a comment on iTunes. That really helps me out or on Spotify or whatever or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Leave me a rating. Leave me a, a comment. You don't have to say your name or anything. Just that really, really helps me out. Uh, Let me know how I'm doing. Uh, So uh, contact me in some way. I would love to hear your input what you think of Frozen, what you want to see in Frozen 2. Uh, I, you know, I'm obviously going to be one of the first people in the theater. It's it's going to be fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously it's like a super big opportunity for Disney because it's like the first Disney princess movie to get a theatrical sequel. So it's really exciting. And I think like only the second Disney animated feature period to get a sequel, uh, be- besides like Wreck-It Ralph too, and I think Lion King had theatrical sequels too. But uh, but it's it's uncommon in Disney lore. So I'm I'm excited for that. I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for it to be good. I really really want it to be good. I feel like Disney has a bad reputation for uh, sequels to their animated movies and i really want this one to be good because i really like the universe i really like elsa as a character and i want to see uh like them see that like oh we can actually make good sequels and and i want that to happen so anyway thank you so much for listening again if you want con- to get in contact if you want to get in contact with me go ahead and uh, leave a comment or something oh gosh um <laughs> <coughs> so again thank you And happy February. I will see you in the next podcast, hopefully very, very soon.